Hello, welcome to TMB. I think we're live. Brenton, I hope we're live. Hello, Jonathan as well. Who knows? I've hit the live button. We're live. If you're watching this, good evening. If not, fuck it. We'll record this anyway. I'll come out as a podcast. You just um, swore. Yeah, I'm going to do you it. Lit- you literally told me before we went on live here, don't swear. And no, no. Fucking no. 25 seconds. Said, he's don't, more. don't say the C word. I said, don't say the C word. There's a difference. What C word? Uh-huh. Um... So yeah, we're going to try this out. We're going to use TNB to do our test run. And so it's myself, Phil, and Brett and Jonathan on tonight. Good evening, gentlemen. How are you? Evening. I um, Evening. I have um, a dodgy Amazon stick. And that's all I'm saying about it. And I'm pretty happy about it. You know, people can see your face. <laughs> Excellent. We yeah. can't we can't edit that out, Jonathan. And you've just admitted to fraud, uh, TV fraud or whatever it is there. But fair fucks, you. Fuck them. That uh, doesn't matter. Um. <laughs> yeah, Brenton, you're just getting over the cove. How are you, sir? Yeah. Um. I am just about over it. I'm tired as fuck. But um. Yeah, I'm not sick. Um, so what soldier on like anything for the babble? Oh, what a wee trooper. What a wee trooper on a Thursday night. Um, there's been no club action really this week, um, the last two weeks because of the international break. And us three don't really pay attention to international football really, to be honest, unless there's a tournament on. Um, so yeah, it's been, we haven't really had much to talk about football wise, but there is some things going on. Obviously, the, the, there was an unreal, um, Attendance last night at the new camp for Barcelona against Real Madrid in the Women's Champions League. 91,000 plus fans at it. We were a new world record, which is absolutely unbelievable. Um, saw plenty of videos and stuff coming out afterwards of people that are at the game, journalists, whatever that the game, fans were at the game. It just seemed like an unreal moment. Um, hopefully, this is the start of it. And certainly in England, we'll start to see teams play more and more regular games at the actual home stadiums. Um, and fill those out going forward. But yeah, that was class. Um, then we have the Premier League's obviously back this weekend. All of our teams are involved. We were talking just before we came on about Arsenal's game. I'll chat to Johnny about that in a minute or two. Um, but me and Brenton were talking, pardon me, beer burp, um, before tonight's show. That this April looks like a pretty hectic month in the football club calendar. Um, especially for like Liverpool have... Uh, two Champions League quarterfinals, an FA Cup semi-final, Man City, Man United, and Everton in the league. Um, Chelsea have tough <laughs> games as well, plus quarterfinals and semi-finals. So April is really a make-or-break month. It's absolutely insane. Uh, we've nothing on, like <laughs> you do. You're going to get to you in a minute. <laughs> yeah. Um. Oh, I don't know. Arsenal. It's a massive month for Arsenal as well. Like if Arsenal can. Um, secure top four. Maybe you know Arteta will eventually move on to to a bigger club. What do you think, Sally? <laughs> Didn't know Gary Neville was on this tonight. <laughs> Barry Neville. That's <laughs> Barry Neville. Uh, his stupid twin brother. Uh, I suppose. Suppose he may move on to you know bigger and better things. You know, he doesn't want to take probably one of the best young teams in England at the minute into the Champions League. Whatever, Gary. And you know what? His comment about. United will be back because they'll just throw money at it. They threw fucking billions at it since Fergie left and they're still nowhere near being back. So, shut your mouth, Gary. Do I not, 
Do I have a call recently, Jerry? Um, Neville sort of <clears throat> using Arteta and Arsenal as like a like a template for what United should be doing. Is that have I made that up? Like, he, or... he changed with the wind. He changed with the wind. He does. He's, he's got. I used. I used to like him, but now he's just a fucking prick, and I can't stand him now. Little fucking pain in the whole asshole, just talking pure shit every other week now. He's, you or him? Nah, <laughs> you know what? Yeah, asshole. Fit well, exactly. You're right. But uh, like, like Jamie Carragher talked more sense on him there in the overlap by saying how Arsenal are just that Allison and Van Dijk signing away from competing. Uh, I don't know really mm-hmm. if we're that close, like, but. He is right in what he's saying. You know, there's there's a plan there. If you go back to the very start of the season, after Arsenal signed the likes of Ramsdale and things, it was actually Gary Neville who did say he doesn't see Arsenal's plan and fucking joked and laughed. And you know, because United obviously saying Ronaldo made this big hoo ha. But look where look where they are. They're nowhere near challenging for the league with one of the greatest players to ever play the game. He can still score goals, but. Even he can't help them get back to where they were. So, I suppose it just shows like it's probably why, like we said last week, fan-led sort of media is more in the spotlight now because fans want to hear from fans. They don't want to hear from people like Gary Neville or Matt Letizia or you know Jamie O'Hara. Like these are the people that just spout absolute bullshit. And Gabby Agbonlahor as well, by the way. <laughs> Why, why did why did you even mention his name? Like, what are you trying to annoy me on I want the first to, live TMB? I want to, to light the fire underneath you. Here, Jerry, who is your if you say like there? And I think that's 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 quite fair that they're uh, an Austin and a Van Dyke away from from. I don't know if they're yeah. you know that close to. That means they would automatically win trophies, but. Um, who are your your Allison and Van Dyke at the minute? Like who who do you want? I mean, I take Holland or Mbappe. Like, oh, realistic. Yeah, or Holland wants to come play with his mate Odegaard. Like, you know, I think I think I know. I don't think we'll get Holland, like, but I think it was interesting what he said that he's looking for <clears throat> the next big project, I suppose, in the club he goes to next. Which will be Man City because they're going to throw the most money at him and his dad played for him. So I think that's a given. Don't really know. Like, I, I, think, I think you're you're okay. Are you not? Sorry. Uh, like, position wise, you don't mean you need an Allison on a Van Dijk because goalkeeper, you're you're set. I think. No, I think we need a, We definitely need a number nine. We need a striker. We need someone. Yeah, that's that's the most important one. I think, Johnny. Yeah, and I think that really depends on whether or not we're in the Champions League next year. Um, on the quality of striker that we're able to get, like we've, we were able to get Abamyang at the time because he was looking out of Dortmund and nobody else was willing to take him. And I mean, we got Lacazette the summer before because pretty much Lacazette was playing for Leon, who were kind of in and out of the Champions League as well at the time. And I suppose maybe the the move to England and to Arsenal was appealing to him, but he hasn't really scored the goals that we kind of hoped. So I, I don't know. I really don't know who we get. I kind of, I don't want Calvert Lewin, to be honest. Um, what about Timo like Werner? Uh, no, thank you. Had enough of Chelsea rejects. Just <laughs> been second my shit over the years. Um, Can't say it, nah, nah. Why is there talk about? Go back to Germany. Just for wages, wise. 
Yeah, I think he'll not get the same money in Germany. Like. No, well, I couldn't really see us going for Timo Werner. Like I've seen a few things this week about us going for Rashford, but mm-hmm. I think that that would be another Danny Welbeck sort of signing for me. And not to say that Rashford and Welbeck are the same sort of player, but Rashford just is really badly out of form. And I don't know, maybe if he moved to a different club, that could you know spark a bit of life into him again. But not for me, not not at Arsenal. I wouldn't want to see him. At Arsenal, I like Rashford and everything he's done outside of football, like, but I don't think he's really worth taking the risk on at the moment. To be honest, like we've we've bet, like he's he's it's more than likely going to play on the wing. I'd imagine like that's his position. Like I don't think he's a guy that plays directly down through the middle. Like I could be wrong. I don't really watch watch a lot of him. Um, but he's not going to get in the team ahead of Martinelli or Smith Rowe. So I think it'd be no, a waste. I knew- you're paying a premium for a for an English player and also somebody coming from a direct rival because that's, yeah. that's even though United yeah. probably want to offload him like in reality that's that's what they're gonna what they're gonna do they're gonna stick you know another 15 20 mil on them maybe can yeah. I suggest a player <clears throat> sure go for it Tommy Abrahams we'll see no. you. Uh, we're, we're um like obviously Arsenal were in for him last summer, and I, like I did say, you can go back and replay the podcast. Like, but um, I wasn't really too fussed in getting Tommy Abraham last summer, but I think he's proved a lot of people wrong. I mean, he's been absolutely fantastic, hasn't he, in Italy? But like he, he proved he could score goals in the Premier League. He just never seemed to me like he'd be the type of boy that's going to hit twenty-five to thirty goals. You know. I, I, I think I think what you need is uh, the ideal the ideal for everyone would be get a number nine that um <clears throat> scores 30 40 goals a season and everything sorted then but I think what will Arsenal have was got uh, Martinelli and Saka and um, such unbelievable talent out wide Odegaard Smith Rowe if he gets playing but pardon me he's probably say Odegaard's ahead of him um you don't need a number nine that's going to smash in 30 goals a season. If you had one that got you 15 to 20, but was able to get these two players, Martinelli and Saka, still involved, that's what Lacazette does quite well at times. He's not scoring the goals, but he's able to draw the other two in and get them involved. He's just not um, He's just not as good. His movement's just not as good or he's not as physical um, that you'd want sometimes in that number nine or... If you're going the other way, Firmino, he's not as clever as Firmino to fall into those spaces and dictate from there. Like someone like Firmino or a nine like that, that is a sort of another, another playmaker, um, could be brilliant as well for Arsenal. Because I think I saw I saw the Martinelli spin and move uh, the other night for Brazil, which is absolutely ridiculous, and the finish is so close. But that's all going to click for Martinelli soon because, like you saw the, uh, the last league game against Liverpool. Anytime he got the ball for the first, we talked about it, like 45, 50 minutes. He was absolutely ridiculous and he was scary. Like every time he got the ball, you're like, oh, he's going to do something here. And then I don't know whether he just tired or got out of it or Liverpool were able to sort of stamp a bit more control of the game and take over. I don't know what, but he sort of faded away. But that's all going to come with Martin because he's still young. He was a long time out with injuries. I know people, people talk about Saka. He is raw. People talk about Saka. But I say this to you in the group chat. Martinelli's the one, I think, in my opinion. I think he's the one that's got the highest ceiling in Arsenal. 
Um, yeah. I think that's why Jurgen Norbert Klopp keeps mentioning him and every time Arsenal Liverpool play, he keeps mentioning him in press conferences because I think he knows that himself. But that's who I see as Arsenal's future top boy. Like I, I really do think he's very yeah. special talent. I suppose the only the good thing about Martinelli is he signed a new contract uh, quite recently, so he's stayed down for a number of years. Thank God. Um, or he sold like, for a lot of money. Either or he's way, for Arsenal a lot of money, win. Yeah. yeah. And I think eventually he probably will be sold for a lot of money elsewhere. Um, but like if Martinelli did start getting them goals on Arsenal heads, like you say, a number nine who probably contributed 15 goals a season at the moment, like I would be very confident that we're going to finish in the top four. But there's we have a lot of difficult games between now and the end of the season, like Chelsea away, United at home, Spurs away, Palace away, Newcastle away. Um, I actually looked at the last game of the season and thought it would be difficult. But then over the last month or two, I've thought Everton at home is going to be a breeze. Um, yeah. I can't really see them doing anything at all. Um, I'm starting with Palace on Monday. Like, I mean, if Arsenal get through that, then they've Brighton at home and Southampton away. And realistically, we need nine points from nine there. We can't afford to drop any points because after yeah. that, it's Chelsea, United. And then I can't remember exactly who who's after that, but the Spurs game will be rescheduled. And I imagine it'll be the second last week before the end of the season. So that'll be a game there. It is, and I think we we briefly touched on it last week. That's one that Sky are going to try and schedule in for that time, so they can make it the big, you know, top. It'll be like a wet, Tuesday or Wednesday night. You've yeah, West Ham. Like you've West Ham yeah. after United and and Leeds, then Newcastle, then Everton. Yeah. So I mean, Arsenal have a very tough run, and like you know, they'll need to be. Absolutely firing in all cylinders, like, but you know, the fact that we've got to the stage of the season and I have the nerves in my belly again, and I'm like, holy shit, like, I can't bloody look at this match, you know, kind of shows the progress this team's made. The fact that we're still in the run for the top four at this stage of the season because we've been well out of it by bloody Christmas the last five years, so it is progress. Like, so I think there's a few other Arsenal fans have said, even if we don't make the top four and we get over that 70-point marker and we just miss out, that they'll still be kind of optimistic. But we're in this position at the moment. You know, we it's in our hands. So if we yeah. fall out of it, the, the Tottenham or United, like, I'll be fucking gutted. Like, mm. they are shite. Like, they are shite. <laughs> like, we cannot let the, any of them two teams finish above us this year. It'll be a fucking disaster, like, I think. But that's just my own opinion. Brenton, uh, Chelsea... We'll be kicking. I don't. I don't know who they play this weekend. Actually, I had it in front of me there, and I forgot. I was looking at Man City Brentford. Burnley, Brentford. There you go. Um, still no new owners, or is it even close now to who's going to take over? Or it's. It's. I think it's. It seems to us like it's a long prog- process, but um, I think the way it is working, like people who are normally involved in these things. Are saying that it's it's absolutely flying at a rate of knots. That's they've they've quickened this this up to what it usually would take. It would usually take months. Um, they have um, they've selected their like favorite bidders. Um, I think it's down to four, maybe. <clears throat> all, the all American. Are, all American. Um, not all of the. Bids include all Americans, if you know what I mean. But every bid includes at least one American. Um, there's some consortiums in there, etc. Um, but yeah, they, they, 
basically the thing we've seen is the big move against the the Ricketts bid uh, among the fan base. There's there's talk of um, protests at Stamford Bridge on Saturday before the game and um, sort of a call to arms to bring um, a lot of signage um, to <clears throat> to sort of hold up when the teams are coming out. Um, but Can I ask, apart from that, actually, who's going to make the decision on who actually does buy this club? Like, is it Brown? The still... Rain Group. Right. Yeah, it, it, it's it's the Rain Group. Um, I think plus the you know, I think you're you're right. They will make the decision, but it has to. It kind of goes through the board as well, and they'll make their recommendations. And then when when the preferred bid is like selected by Rain Group, it'll go to the government as well, who like have a veto. And and maybe the Premier League too, I think. Um, so it has to go through all those like that 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 stupid like Premier League fit and proper owners test that is so. Don't um, worry about that shade. So thorough that you know it let the Saudis buy Newcastle. So, um, I mean that that's just kind of um, that's just there for, for, for the. Let a brown fish buy Chelsea too. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, but apparently it's been. <clears throat> It's been updated and like um, improved and all this crap. Like, um, so can we just sure actually those... mention on Abramovich? I don't know what you thought about him actually being like poisoned this week. <laughs> I thought that was a bit, bit mad. <clears throat> if that is what happened, like that's that's what's being reported. Like, which is, I mean, it's it's movie shit. Like, isn't it? The stuff like that's yeah, happening. It was you reported, or are you poisoned them? <laughs> I will not confirm which is true. In your life here, John. Oh my god! Don't admit to a a, a war crime like live on Babel. Like it's the last thing I want to do. I'm not paying for no fucking cookies. Boris, Boris is watching, right? All right, Boris, crack um, All right, Boris. Was right, crack. It's, it's fucking nuts, like um, but you know, I think. People like people. I say people. Some Chelsea fans just need to kind of let go. Like I think they're still trying to frame it that he's like you know innocent, a big important part in the innocent first of all, and a big important part in the peace talks and, and all this nonsense. Like you know, um, he he he's a bad guy. Like um, <laughs> he's a very bad man. It uh, you know the th- there was I was listening to a podcast that. Uh, Athletics Chelsea pod um, earlier on this week, and you know they was they do like a, a fan question time, and somebody had sent in a serious question and said, "What are the chances of the government, you know, overturning this and admitting their mistake and letting Abramovich take his club back?" And and the guys just laughed, like you know, it's some people are living in an absolute fantasy land. Like, um, is Liam but, is Liam Toomey on that uh, podcast? Yes, sir. Yes. Yeah, um, Liam, do you remember there was a couple of months ago you were on with a boy and you decided to slag off the Arsenal? You get what you fucking deserve. You reap what you sow. Don't come after us, Liam. You cheeky git. It, it actually looked there like you were talking to him. I thought he was going to arrive in your living room. I was like, what the fuck? He was. I I'd emailed him beforehand just told him just to go bam and jump in and scare you. <laughs> I've, I've actually got a surprise guest here, so I'll add Liam in now just because uh, he's been listening there. And... <laughs> Uh, I was really hoping it was going to be Steve. <laughs> um, the beard? Yeah, it's, the beard, yeah. The beard. 
Yeah, it's weird times at Chelsea because like, you still have a lot to play for this year, but it sort of feels like regardless of what happens, this whole season's overshadowed now. This should be a year, first time being world club champions, once again European champions, obviously. Mm. Uh, Tuchel trying to build something. And it just seems to be like, unfortunately, like, and it's, it's not the fans' fault. Like, the whole season now is just massively overshadowed. Um, Apart from your players too. Regardless, so you'll want, I, I suppose as Chelsea, you'll want this done. You will want this done as soon as possible. So that even if you can get it done for the end of the season, you can put if for whatever you can put behind you and move forward with the new owners and then see what you you could still win a Champions League and an FA Cup here. Like so you can still have a decent enough year. And a league. No. I <laughs> <laughs> was so quiet. <laughs> no, 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 no uh, leagues for you. No, no, no league for you this no, year. Um, no, that I think that if somebody obviously I'm joking, but um, <laughs> I th- I'm, I'm glad we had, I'm glad you cleared that up. <laughs> yeah, well, well, no, but one of the journalists um, in Tuchel's last press conference before the the international break seriously asked him a question about that. Um, because Chelsea have won like you know 11 games in a row now or something um but I think he he laughed it off just like just like you guys did there as well like um <laughs> but the um yeah the I think what's going to happen hopefully is new owners by the end of April that they're saying um which will maybe give time for some sort of plan for for transfers um uh, in the summer and to get like some some contracts kind of uh sorted out um if barcelona don't fucking steal all our players by then um save the bridge save the bridge exactly yeah save the bridge as well they're they're wanting to um they're wanting the 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 bidders to commit at least a billion pound i think and and um sort of injecting money into the and that's yeah that's that's the baseline about you know they want to see evidence that they have that money sort of basically lying around to to invest into chelsea um at minimum billion so, pound in the back pocket or what? yeah yeah i know like that that's i thought that was ridiculous but um <laughs> these these are wealthy wealthy people sir um yes there's a guy i think it's is todd bully is like mm-hmm. i think his net worth is is like 10 times what Abramovich's is or something stupid like that um yeah. i think he's like top 50 richest people in the world like so um they're like the big question is, though are they going to care as much as Abramovich? exactly that's i think that's probably the question all the chelsea fans are going to want to answer <clears throat> is are, are they going to care as much as what Abramovich is? are they going to keep consistently not they're only like obviously pump hundreds and hundreds of millions in but provide money that's going to be able to get players that are going to help them compete and keep to that level that they've been on for the last 15 to 20 years and i suppose only in the coming years will we'll tell you that you're not going to know straight away because sure look at the crank like they started off shit with us and now they're they're dead on aren't they not but as as well as that jerry like the abramovich also like no matter what you say about him he did care about the the academy like he he really uh-huh, yeah. pumped money into the academy and he really pumped team. money into the into the women's team as well like so you want yeah. the new owners to continue doing both of those things as well because 
you know, look at you just have to look around at, at some of the the talent that's come from Chelsea's Academy this year, like Tamori, Gallagher, uh Abraham, and then the the, the players who are still playing for uh, Livermento, um, you know, the players who are still playing for Chelsea as well, Reese James, Mason Mount, like they're all having very good careers at the minute. So um you want that academy to still be at that level and producing like it's it one should of the always be the, the basis mm. it should always be um any owner of any club at whatever size should always have an emphasis on what they're doing with their academy i know brentford are a bit different obviously because they did away with their academy because players are getting nicked left right and center from them so they just went with a, a 19s and that i think it's a basically at 23s and, and they go and play lucrative not lucrative as in money ways but um brilliant friendlies basically <clears> against some elite teams across europe and across the world is that brentford, and play, brentford do that yeah and which is a brilliant idea for someone like that they're thinking outside the box but for the other clubs i think if i was an owner if i bought an Irish league club today <clears throat> one of the first things i would do would would be weighing up what i could do and how i could make the academy elite um because i think it has to be and i'm talking about boys and girls academy by the way i think it has to be the the base of whatever you do at a football club because um it's all well and good buying hallands uh buying van dykes buying allison's uh lukaku's whatever um Not Pepe's spent, spent, no but spending this money i mean on all these yeah, players, yeah, it's all well mean, and yeah. good spending all, all this money on these players but at the end of the day you're not gonna do that forever plus there's going to be a time where you're going to have to fall back on your academy and you should be able to promote from within and have something coming through. That's why, like, everybody knows why Trent Alexander-Arnold is absolutely adored because he's come from the academy and he's scouser now. It doesn't, the scouse bit helps as well, but there'll be other players coming through the academy that'll be, um, like, Connor Bradley that has come over from the Gannon Swifts. The Liverpool fan base love him. When he's played, he's played in the League Cup and different things in the FA Cup. He's played in the San Siro. They want to see youth players coming through it. You, you know, you feel it yourself as a fan. You get such a butt. Look, Saka, Arsenal fan, as soon as he touches the ball, the Emirates lights up. It's mm-hmm. such a buzz. And so, yeah, I, I think that's, that's a brilliant point, Brenton, that they have to. And they also, what they have with that Chelsea's women team at the minute and uh, Emma Hayes as the manager, they have to. They have to fo- go full in behind that and, and make sure that's maintained, make sure that's still at the standard it's at because that'd be a crying shame. Like I, I say this before in this podcast, and hopefully the girls get it done. I think it's this weekend they can get it done. Liverpool women um, having to fall down in the championship and being cast aside more or less with Liverpool at the time was just not good enough. It wasn't mentioned enough, wasn't wrote about enough. I didn't see it anyway. Apologies if people had. Um, wasn't covered enough. So hopefully that, that Liverpool will... And those owners will learn from that mistake, and other owners uh, will do the same because we saw, like we mentioned at the start of the show, ninety-one thousand going to New Camp to watch three hundred against Barcelona. Um, ladies, it's just unbelievable. But let's not let it be a one-off. Do you know it should be? Hopefully, in like three or four years' time, we're like, oh, there's ninety thousand at that game again. There always is now. Do you know what I mean? But I, I think that's all. <clears throat> like that is one. Not one thing missing. The main thing missing from, um, and I've watched quite a bit of Chelsea women this year. Um, the main thing missing from games is the atmosphere, and that is not. It's not nothing to do with the product. The the, the football is brilliant, like yeah. Um, but 
the need to be getting into bigger stadiums and then it needs to be Oh, a good oh, oh god i was wondering there what happened <laughs> i'm okay yeah go on yeah yeah um yeah i've seen that the, the sky have done it well with the wsl this year they've you know put games at good times and marketed it well and you know um <clears throat> put, put a, basically put a bit of money behind it and if if they can get into bigger stadiums and fill fill the the crowds out a bit more which like can be easily done you saw like um the way it was done at, at the camp now like um and the club just each club just get behind it a, a, a wee bit more whole product is there like the talent is there the talent's coming through the the managerial talent um you know obviously we know what at chelsea it's see at arsenal like the job and um, they're doing there as well like this is a great title running um just creating the storyline is there just creating the um the sort of you know the way they actually overhype the the men's game at times i think and, and you sort of mentioned to jerry about them putting on you know the, the Arsenal <clears throat> Spurs game towards the end of the season, like, and they'll overhype it to the balls, like. Um, but mm-hmm. if they there, if there was just like a 15 percent of what they did for that for the for some of the massive women's games, like, um, people need to know about it to, to come through the door. Yeah, like I worked at the women's Six Nations there at the weekend. <clears throat> uh, past obviously, Ireland beaten by Wales in the end, but. Uh, TikTok have took over it, and they're properly pushing it, and it's 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 its own separate uh, competition. Now we mentioned this last week, so there's more coverage for it. And already, France v England, which is the final game in six weeks, I think it is, is already sold out. At class uh, in France, sold out completely all the tickets, which is an un- unreal thing. And and we mentioned this before. We ho- hopefully in rub- women's rugby. This is the start of something huge now that this can kick on, and then the likes of what we said there at the Camp Nou and different things, and the WSL. It does need to get more back, and still, there's a lot of work still needs to be done. Like, but you're seeing tiny steps. So hopefully, um, this will be the start of something special. Um, away from football, have you, Brent? You've been off for COVID. Have you? Have you got stuck in anything TV wise that you'd recommend? This is where we usually take the babble away from football and talk about TV or movies. I'm not used to doing this on the normal babble. This is this is very much a TNB thing. Um, but yeah, um, obviously confined to the room for for quite a few days. So, um, <laughs> been been deep in the professional MasterChef game. To be honest. Oh, um, nice. Yeah, love the professionals version. MasterChef itself is, is a great show, but the professionals just takes it up that level. Um, ah. Love my boy Greg um and marcus <laughs> wearing's piercing blue eyes like you, you can't beat it like um but yeah um finished it um finished drive to survive as well the most recent series i know you and i nice. were, were talking about it um, i'm gonna ask jonathan about it in a minute <clears throat> single second ah, jonathan you're such a sorry, weak sorry to mm, yeah i'm not even gonna say i'm sorry to disappoint you because i'm not really <laughs> sorry to disappoint <this> <laughs> 
<laughs> you never are. <laughs> um, but so good. Like it, it just. You, I don't even think. Like going into it, I knew very. I was going to say very little. I had a conversation with you. I had a conversation with you, Brenton, and your sister. I'm not mentioning which one. Eating one day in the house, and I wanted to watch Formula One. And you want you want you were talking about darts, and I said, "You darts isn't a real sport." And you <laughs> and your sister both said, "But racing a car on a track is." And I was actually affronted. I still married your sister, but I, I almost you know I had to question it. But and now look at you. Now look at you. Text me on a Hello? Sunday about what's going to happen. Adoring certain uh, racers, wanting other racers to not crash but break down. Perfect. I still do love darts, though, my Sally. No, that's all right. I didn't, I didn't question you couldn't you could not love darts, but it's not a sport. <laughs> darts. Um, oh. Jonathan, Jesus. you're the TV time lord. What, what have you been? What have you been? Oh, there you go. What have you been stuck into this last week? <laughs> oh my Jesus! Forgive us our sins. Um, what have I been watching? Um, I started watching that Moon Knight Marvel TV series today. It was alright. Say it wasn't bad. Some funny bits in it. I laughed. I giggled. Scared the dog. Who and what is Moon Knight? It's um that actor was in the new Star Wars. Oh, Oscar, uh, Oscar's thing, yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't know what Moon Knight is though. No, I I don't really know much about the background of the actual character, but um, from what I've gathered at the moment, he seems to have a different personality at night. So he straps himself to the bed and shit. So like he changes into somebody different at nighttime. So where's uh, this going? <laughs> I don't yeah, know where this is it, going. Um, <laughs> You don't actually see like the whole. I don't know if he's a superhero or what the fuck he is till like to the very end. So, it's not. It was not. I wouldn't say it's a slow burner, like, but it was just. It was. It was. It was funny. It was good. It's. It was worth watching. Now it's only like forty minutes long, like, but. Um, I watched that on my <coughs> Prime Stick, and it was it was deadly. Yeah. I what I wanted Dread to ask is as well. I'm not going to. Well, we'll we'll leave Dread to Survive because I'm going to make you watch it. Um, we're like let's give a really shitty take here, because when something happens on Twitter, people row in. Uh, when something spectacular happens uh, on Twitter, people row in with all these mad takes. And Twitter had a moment at the Oscars. Uh, right, what did they do now? <laughs> he's barred. Not usually, is Steve? Yeah, usually he's usually <clears throat> Where Will Smith slapped? Uh, I've seen it. He slapped Chris Rock. Yeah, he he lost the bat a wee tiny bit, whatever, um, and then people had to have their takes. Mm-hmm. Uh, Liam Payne especially had to have his. Probably, probably, should, probably should have sat down with a glass of water first before he did anything. To be honest, um, and he off. had his take. He, <laughs> he he certainly he gave his take, and that's all we'll go there before we get lawyered up. Um, but I just like like so when I saw it, uh, I I like. Right, he slapped him. He was making fun of his wife's hair. His wife has alopecia. Whatever. It was just a slap. Yes, he lost the rag a wee tiny bit. Mm-hmm. M- move on. What did you think of it? Because like Twitter exploded. You had all these people saying, oh, we're just assaulting people now. Um, we're just shouting whatever people now. Is this how we're getting on? That's no way to handle life. And I was, the whole time I was like, I'm going, 
What? Like it was it was a smack. Like he just smacked him on the cheek. What? The, like he, it's not as if he rolled up in fucking tombstone, Chris Rock, on on the stage. Like and then you know walked off. Like, like yeah. I don't know. I don't know what you thought. I, I think a lot of people thought it was staged. I don't. Really, I really don't think it was staged at all. Um, I think on reflection of it all, I think that was the actions of a man who is has serious mental issues and is tortured by his partner. In all honesty. Um, I don't know if people are aware of the whole situation with Smith and his wife and their open relationship. Uh, I don't know how open it is, though. (laughs) I think. Well, I I I would just I would just advise people maybe to Google it and look it up and get more information about it. Like, but I I don't think he should have hit him. Like, I think he just went a bit too far. Um, especially the fact that he was laughing, you know, and then like. It cut the camera cut away from him up to Chris Rock again, and then you just see Will Smith walking up. And I think we all thought at the time, ah, he's gonna do some sort of sketch here or whatever and slap. And then the shouting. And I think it's the it's the person sitting behind Will Smith when he starts shouting. It's her face that kind of, you know, says to me, Fuck, this really isn't a joke. <laughs> you know, it's she thought... he's, he's probably losing it. One of one of my favorite bits was Denzel because he he mentions Denzel said that line um be careful at your highest point because that's when the devil will get you and Denzel Washington's like I fucking told you dickhead <laughs> you know what I mean he's just looking around going I fucking yeah. told you dickhead yeah um I, when he's when he's about to win a, a best actor award like a, yeah he's, he's you, accepting you can't I, have I think, much higher point than that like and I, th- I think um as, like Holly like Hollywood just sounds like it's just full of the douchiest of douchebags, like. But I think there was too much blown over it. In my own person, I think, like, all right, he slapped someone, not, not, not cool. He lost the rugby a bit again. Whatever, it's done. But like, they were asking him to, to leave. Like these dickheads handed out so many Oscars to Harvey Weinstein. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Haven't took anything back yet. Do, do you know? Mm. No, yeah. I, I feel I feel sorry. I do generally feel sorry for Will Smith. Like I really do. Um, yeah, I because of what the, just, the just podcast with, kind of. with Jada. Yeah. yeah, that that was that was rough watching. <laughs> to be honest, yeah, it um, was really, really was worst um, nightmare. Like I, I know there, I think there's a bit of history there with Chris Rock slagging off Jada as well. So and Will Smith. So it could have just been just a moment of madness where he was just like, "Fuck, I've had enough." And it seemed like that's what it was. Like, I think everybody knew that he would release an apology on his Instagram, which he did do the very next day. Um, but it's happened now. And as much as Hollywood or the Oscars will never admit it, but it's great. It's great viewing for them. Plenty of views. Everybody was talking about it the next morning. Because, like, to be honest, I didn't really know the Oscars was happening until Sunday yeah, it was until Sunday evening after Piggy Blinders was over and they said the Oscars is on the night and I was like, all oh, right, is it? Who gives a fuck? Like, yeah, no, really... it's not something I... Who really sits down? It's like, like watching international football. Like, my God, who would actually be bored? I, I always look look the next day to see who won what, just to see. I was delighted and Canto won. <laughs> um, yeah. Me and Finn are big fans of it. Like, um, And that's it, really. Like, I couldn't really care about it. And I want, wanted to see Belfast, obviously, because of here like to win some things I know I know it did win best screenplay which is cool mm-hmm. cool for Kenneth Branagh 
Um, but yeah, like I, I, one thing I will say, I think he should have. If Will Smith had to apologize on his acceptance speech to Chris Rock directly and say that you know, that was a like he could have saved everything for himself, and unfortunately now, like Bill Simmons was talking on the Bill Simmons podcast there with Larry Wilmore. I was listening to it this morning. That do you remember when Tom Cruise started bouncing up and down on that sofa with Oprah? He started jumping up and down and going mad, Um that's sort of the point where everyone was all like. Mm. All right, and then from then on, it's people have seen to be you know constantly when I mentioned him talking about Scientology and people think he's weird or whatever and different uh-huh. things, and it sort of left them a bit sort of outcast now. Yeah, and well, fun kinda, fact, I hear Tom Cruise. Well, there's a, there's a fun a fun and true fact, um, and not too, not much fun for Tom all the same, but oh, I'm sure he on. really doesn't care that I don't like him, but whatever. Scientology <laughs> is everything also. Yes, who do you not hate? That would be a better topic for a podcast, actually. Um, so I, I, I love Will Will Smith and things. I thought he's a brilliant favorite of mine, one of the favorites of mine. So just hopefully, it doesn't um, tarnish him, and he still gets chances to to act in, in pretty uh, big films. One thing I have started watching, rewatching again, is that this se- this point in the basketball season. Is where I sort of properly tune in. The regular season is on so long. You'll watch, you'll dip in and out of it, keep an eye on it all the time, see what's going on, see who's going to be there. But now it's coming to the crunch. <laughs> We're about to start the playoffs. Teams are jostling for positions, apart from the Phoenix Suns, are just unreal. Miami Heat as well, obviously, have gone top of that, the Eastern Conference and what have you. Um, but I started watching The Last Dance again, and I also was watching the 30 to 30 on the Lakers with the Celtics rivalry. I don't know if any of you have ever seen it. No. Oh, boys, boys. Me and Steve have seen it um, a couple of times. Um, I'll watch it on the stick. There you go. That's, I think that's four times you mentioned that, that, that fire stick now. That, you know, I've, I've, I've got a sponsorship deal that I haven't told you about. Oh, you've sponsored by ESPN. <laughs> that's right. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> It's brilliant. The ESPN 30 for 30s are just absolutely superb. If anybody's haven't watched it, but you're into your sports documentaries, I suggest you go and find it or steal Johnny's fire stick. Um, the the Lakers and Celtics one is the, is the rivalry of where basically the rivalry started, evolved, exploded in the 80s when Larry Bird and Magic Johnson were on the scene. It's brilliant, brilliant, brilliant show. And I'll be wanting to get stuck in it and the last dance and the sort of just get a bit nostalgic and I love the NBA at the minute, but when you're looking back, and I wish Steve was on the night because he'd be able to say this as well. Like, like 90s NBA with Jordan and the Bulls, I think I don't know if it'll ever be bettered. And and just just before that, the middle 80s with the Lakers, the Celtics, and then in Detroit, who broke it all up. They were the bad boys team. Another ESPN 33 you should check out. But I've been doing that when the international breaks on. I've just chucked myself away from football. And come back into basketball. Are you still, Jonathan, following the Bucks and Giannis and Brenton? Would you still have a little hankering for the Toronto Raptors? Yeah, yeah, still follow them, still check up on how they're getting on. Like you say, dip in and out. Um, sometimes the regular season, like you say, can be a bit of a drag. Um, but what, what I actually took from what you said there is that you're actually admitting that Michael Jordan is the greatest of all time and LeBron couldn't lace his right shoe. No. 
That's I, I don't think I even mentioned that sentence. <laughs> I, I, that, well, that, that's all I heard from what you said there. No, no. I think if we replay it, but I don't even mention. I didn't even mention LeBron James once. I don't think so. Let's see that um, in an instant replay. Um, however, that is live. But you're, you're but you you did say that you don't think it'll ever be battered. So I I, I we watched the so there's there's a couple of ESPNs I'm, I'm basically chucking these two balloons to watch and anyone that's listening. That hasn't watched 30 for 30s is the bad boys one and you go check out so it's on the Detroit Pistons. Jonathan, if ever there was a basketball team that symbolized me and you, it's these oh, game bastards. They were a bundle of bastards, is right. Oh, hateful. <laughs> we were perfect for them. Um they just used to like Bill Lambeer, Isaiah Thomas, oh people just used to hate them. It's used to Dennis Rodman or young Dennis Rodman. Just used to annoy everyone. They were just they could fight, they could play really good basketball, they could blow you out if they wanted to, they could grind it off. Just I I absolutely love them. And if anyone's looking to buy me a present, uh Detroit jersey from that era would be perfect. Then there's obviously the, the Lakers and Celtics and that rivalry. And when I first watched that in the first lockdown and didn't know fully what going on, that opened my eyes just to how much those two teams hate each other. And then obviously the last dance that was on, which is just one of the best ones. That Netflix have done anyway, in my opinion. Um, but I would, I'd highly recommend you watch all those just before the. It's where my appetite basically for the playoffs because the playoffs are going to be starting. There's only six, I think, regular games left the season. Then we're going to have the play-in tournament, and then we're going to have the playoffs, and that's when basketball, in my opinion, just lights up. But I, I, I know Steve will argue this to the death, but pardon me. I think the NBA playoffs are better than the NFL ones. Now Steve's going to hear this and probably ask me yeah. to fight him. But I genuinely do. In my opinion, it's better. I genuinely think they're better. Um, but well, I would agree with you because, like, obviously, like I would like basketball and not NFL. But like that, one of my earliest like playoffs I can remember like sitting up and watching was in two thousand eight. Yep. When the Lakers played the Celtics, and that was just fucking mad. That was. I was in America for that. I was in America for that whole series. And it was like I was thinking about this actually today, which is weird now. Can you hear my thoughts now? Um, and it was like I was I was I was telling someone else about this earlier. Um, obviously when Liverpool or whatever, or there's Champions League on or whatever, there is a buzz. Even if you're at home, you're nowhere near it. There's a buzz. But that whole period of those playoffs between the Lakers and the Celtics, <clears throat> and being in America at the time, and the TV coverage and newspaper coverage, and even if you're like I was coaching, um, soccer, even you're talking to parents, and we're in Atlanta, by the way, in Tennessee, so we're nowhere near, um, what's going on in Boston and LA? That was just sublime. It was just manic. Like you come home from coaching, you get set up, get your dinner, you be a host family. They be like the games on. And you just sit down and watch the game. And that series well was amazing. Paul Pierce faked the knee injury, <laughs> carried off. It was actually because he needed to go to the toilet, whatever. And comes back on. Kobe was playing. Just Kevin Garnett, Ray Allen, R- Rajon Rondo, mm-hmm. Perkins from who's on ESPN now. If you watch it in John, Johnny's Dodgy Firestick. Um, it's just a brilliant, brilliant, brilliant time. Like I, I and Brent, I know you were in Toronto in the summer too. Did you maybe just miss the basketball season? Uh, yeah, we did. We just missed it. Um, and, and like Toronto, obviously buzzing. <clears throat> yeah, that was when it was hype. Hype season was was well and <laughs> yeah. truly up. Like, um, 
which which was still class to be sort of involved in like you know you could there was a buzz around the city like mm-hmm. there's it's weird it, it seems like well i know it's, it's canada but it seems like in america like when when it's a basketball team from the city doing well like everybody just supports them you know what i mean like there's there's just one collective yeah um support going on um <clears throat> and it's it's a, like a nicer support than like a football support um just because there's it seems like there's so many better rivals within like a short say you look at london like for example there's just so many big um what they would call franchises um within such a short distance from each other but um yeah everybody was raptors when we were there and it, it you just get swept up in it like it was class we <clears throat> uh where i was um obviously the celtics and the lakers are the two biggest teams well the knicks are two but i think they're the biggest because they're one of the biggest because they're an absolute joke shop um the, i i noticed anyway that host families you would go from one to one different weeks they would either be lakers or celtics do you know what i mean and, and i think it used to be demographically it would have been uh, boston was seen as a white blue collar workers town and la especially in the 80s if you watch the espn 30 30 on the lakers and celtics rivalry the lakers were seen as like showtime a uh, swanky team full of glitz and glamour and predominantly black do you know what I mean? When I was there, I didn't notice that, but I just noticed like one family would choose from one to the other. It'd be Kobe or it'd be Paul Pierce or it'd be Ray Allen or Kevin Garnett or whoever. Uh, what do you call Pau? Oh, I can't remember his second name. Um, Spanish players, unbelievable for the Lakers. So. All these choices, yes. But it was just, it was just, uh, like that's right. First, I always did like basketball. Knew who Michael Jordan was. Loved Space Jam. Would have watched stuff in Transworld Sport, but had no for me with no access really to watch it. Well, I didn't anyway. Um, Mum and dad's house. Dad did have dodgy cable and if police want to go around and rest him for it, I'd give you the address, no ball. Um but I like I wasn't able to get basketball, I was more to get wrestling actually to be honest. Um but that that summer really sparked in me. Like like and from then I've sort of had a keen interest. I've just exploded since in basketball. But I, I've never experienced a buzz like it for so long. There's buzzes when don't get me wrong, World Cups and Euros and all are on, yes, certainly, but that felt very different. Um and it was a brilliant series too, obviously, which uh, the Celtics won. But yeah, who who do you think the Bucks will do it again, Johnny? Um no. Don't think they will. I think the Phoenix Suns are gonna win it. I seen they did I sixty two sixty two wins this year. They're not slowing down. Paul or Chris Paul deserves one. Devin Brooker's been amazing. Uh I just I see as well the Celtics haven't uh they haven't confirmed who's vaxxed or not. So in certain yeah, arenas they that, might yeah. be able to play. Plus yeah. um I think Toronto's one, isn't it? Yeah, they've just lost um their best center, uh Robert. I can't remember his second name. Actually, should have had this. Um, they just lost him. Now he he might be back, um within five to six weeks. So he could play some part of the series. Robert Williams, his name, sorry. Um, but I mean, if they drop enough or get mixed up, and then they get the Bucks, so they get the Brooklyn Nets. Uh, I think they'll be they'll be put out of it. Um, and if if the Nets 
depending on who they can get and they can keep, say, Kyrie and Kevin Durant, and they'll be just ridiculous too. But no, nah, I think the Phoenix Suns, after getting beat last year by the Bucks, I think they're going to go back to the finals. I think they're going to get it done, which would be, we always say in sports, you want to see someone else win it. You know, you want to see your own team dominating all the time. Um, but yeah, it'll be interesting. But I, I'm fully in the NBA mode now, which is going to be interesting with Liverpool's hectic April. But um, yes, Sport I would highly, highly recommend well, that's what I do. Like, um, that you'd get involved in those ESPN 30s. You too, and obviously any of the listeners or viewers tonight. Jonathan, before we finish up, because I know you want to get into this, what is your ask us anything question? Um, oh, no, it, it's a bit of a, a bit of a silly one this week. So <laughs> for a change, for a change. Um, if you were stuck on a desert island. And you had to be stuck on a desert island with one member of the bubble. Who would it be? <laughs> <laughs> Feelings are about to be hurt here. <laughs> uh, can I go first? Yeah. Go first. <clears throat> I based on like the last few weeks, I would probably go P Rancher because he could just fill me with football <laughs> trivia and it would just entertain me. Yeah. Just keep asking questions. That's a good one, like. Um, although if you're stuck on desert island, you're not gonna have signal, and it's all on his phone. Um, Hello, the brain. Oh no, he is the brain. Like, uh, I think he's doing like his ninth master's degree currently, as we speak or something stupid. Um, this evening. Um, Steve would but... explode without without Twitter, wouldn't he? Like on a <laughs> desert island. Like... <laughs> then you could, you, yeah, you'd be on your own then. Actually, you you would just get like. You would get all his unfiltered thoughts just coming through his mouth. No, right. I don't, no, think, I don't no. think anyone should have to suffer no. such things. No. <laughs> I think I'd fill my boots full of concrete and chuck myself into the sea somehow. Um, yeah. I, I think I think um, I always imagined when, when I thought of this question, I was like, Paddy, Paddy mightn't be a bad shit. Like, I picture me and Paddy as like Jack Sparrow and your woman in the first parts of the Caribbean drinking rum and getting gassed and yeah, just waiting for someone to come save us or, you know, just down of dehydration and drinking rum. Yeah. I, would, I, would I think, I think I would pick you, Jonathan. <clears throat> I think we would have an absolute, and if we could somehow <laughs> record that, I think we'd have an absolute unbelievable Shite talking no. show until we were. Would have a great podcast. Want. Like, imagine John on the babble stream. We were <laughs> the babble desert island. Um, like imagine the, imagine the abuse and the shite we could talk about people. Like we could we could spend hours. We wouldn't even need food for a while. We wouldn't notice. It would, um, it would probably get so warm that I'm so delusional that I think that tree over there is Brenton. Yeah, oh, wait, that is Brenton. Wait, we just, we just name it Brenton. <laughs> uh, who would you pick, Jonathan? Um, I would probably pick Brenton. I would kill him and use him as a raft. Get myself <laughs> he, he'd be like you that think... big boat that he fears. <laughs> or a bridge. You think I would... Uh... I would swim and not sink for a lady. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> I wonder who Paddy and Stephen will pick. That'll be very interesting. I I think Steve would pick you because so he can murder you, me and no one you, know about it. You two will just annoy each other for eternity. Yeah, I think that'd be our, our idea of hell, probably. Yeah, but um, I also think it would be his ideal heaven as well. I, I wouldn't pick Paddy because I wouldn't want to force that on Paddy because I've been on holidays and stuff with Paddy and I think, well, once I marched him around London by mistake and um, he was ready to murder. I've never seen him cross before, but he was cross with me that day and I think he'd have me killed. You went to the wrong um, stadium, didn't you? No, um, I wanted to go to an NBA shop and I googled NBA shop, and when we got to it after getting three tubes and like a bus, it was National Banking Association, and <laughs> I looked at him. Tubes. <laughs> I looked, I looked at him. It was me and his two other two, himself and his two brothers, and I looked at him, and I, I genuinely thought he was going to punch me in the mouth. I've never seen him look as cross. So I, I think had I to then, laugh. I had to then as a an apology. I took the three of them. To Jimmy's, Jimmy Oliver's restaurant and fucking basically spent our mortgage um, on lunch and pasta just to make up to the, the three of them because I'd done this and never got an NBA top in the end. Um, but yeah, what a question that was. I enjoyed that actually. That was pretty cool. Um, I think that'll do us for TNB this week. We'll, we'll try and be back on Monday or Sunday evening or Monday evening, depending on where the schedules work for people. And uh, we might do this again, it might go live because it might be handy enough. Um, I enjoyed it. I know people dipped in and out on the stream, but uh, hopefully more of you see this. If you're listening to the podcast, we're gonna we'll let you know we're gonna go live. Click on the Twitter, pardon me. You will see our mug shots um, and I'm enjoy the show. And, and, <laughs> and you can get involved as well. Fucking Martin Tyler oh, there sorry. below me, can't stop saying that. Um, but yes. Folks, thanks for watching. As you can see the wee banner in below, you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram, Football Babble, and our patreon.com forward slash Football Babble. Anything you want to chuck towards Patreon would be perfect to help us produce stuff like this and keep doing it. Um, and we'll speak to you again after the weekend. Enjoy the rest of the week. Good luck. <laughs>